but you're expected to stay always with a family, working with a family, always tidy. Yeah. And I was the one that broke that piece out. Mm. Um, so what it helped me a lot doing by doing this is to appreciate more of what I have back home or back in Mexico. My family, like the culture, my friends and everything. Breaking up that that tie of like, I have to stay here, make me realize like, I want to be there, but I'm, I'm better here because I'm growing. Maybe in the future, I will be able to build something that will give back to my community back in Mexico and so on. Hi, my lovely fellow beings. Welcome to the Moments with Christy podcast. Here, we'll explore ideas and perspectives on lifestyle, culture, and relationships moment by moment. I'm very excited and lucky to have you by my side in this journey we call life. Hi everyone, in this episode, I will be introducing a very good friend of mine. He is actually a former colleague of mine and he is definitely one of the main drivers of my current career because he has always supported me from the very first day that I joined the company. He is a fellow human who I've witnessed to be a selfless leader. He recently moved to the West Coast, unfortunately or fortunately for him, to pursue his dream lifestyle, start a new chapter of his career and personal development. Juan is a free soul wanderer who has had the most adventurous life I've ever heard of. And he's definitely a fighter, um, a lover of nature and a kind being who continues to bring such joy and fire in the world so i am so excited to bring juan <laughs> hi juan hi. did you cry yet <laughs> uh, no i just um, i'm thank you so much for that very kind introduction it's a uh, humbling <laughs> it's true as well thank you yeah uh, part of it is true but i it's it's sometimes you you don't realize it yourself mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it's it's nice to hear from other people what they see from the other side because you always think otherwise about yourself mm-hmm. yeah no it's definitely a good reminder and i hope that um this is gonna stay with you for a long time hopefully <laughs> yeah as life as life allows me to do it hopefully i'll keep doing it yeah but i really want to thank you first Juan, again um I know I thank you so many times already, but I really appreciate your presence in in my podcast journey. And the reason why I brought you here is that I do believe that you have, you know, lived a good life and you've gone through so much in life. And I see that you are still at it. You know, you're still going for it and you're still experiencing new things in the world, which is always an inspiration for me and I think for many people um, even at the office I can witness that because everyone's just like so intrigued with like the stories that you've had um, before and that you'll probably be having in your next vacation so thank you I'm super excited to learn more about you in this episode so yeah no thank you for you for the candy by Chriselle I'm a I'm a fine I'm a fan of your podcast you always bring so interesting people and you always touch in very interesting topics, especially during this hard time for all of us. Um, I like that you always bring the human piece that we need to remind ourselves about to be able to cope with everything that's going on. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I'm so glad that you're 
you feel that way. Um, and so I guess this episode is really free-flowing and we're going to dive into many different topics. But before we get in there, I do want to ask you some like random generic questions <laughs> and um, just to like get to know you a bit better. Uh, I, I think I know the answers to these already, but I might be surprised. Um, so, are you ready? Bring it on. Yeah? Okay. Yes. Okay. So, uh, would you pick the sea or the lake? The sea. Oh, yeah? That was quick. <laughs> that was quick. So, when I was younger, the thing is that I, I, I'm originally from Mexico. Mm. And our holiday will be always going to the sea. So, for me, going with my parents, my grandparents, my siblings meant a lot it was like our place to be mm. from the outside world mm. so every time i go to the beach and that's one of the reasons why i moved to vancouver is that going to the beach reminds me that time uh brings all the great memories and also puts me at, uh, at ease when there is like a bad day is it hectic or just simply when i just want to wander around uh with my diet coke <laughs> and and looking at the mountains but the sea has something for me that has a very calming uh i don't know like medicine that i eat some i need a lot of times mm, so it brings back a lot of memories i guess and that's yeah. oh that's cool okay so you won't like to see how about uh would you rather swim or hike 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 so i hiking um Hiking is something that before moving to Canada wasn't much on my radar. I've been here for ten, almost 10 years. And it's something because uh, in Mexico, it's not a white thing like to do, like maybe in Canada and Europe or some other countries. So here I got lucky that I met people that got that like little, like planted the seed inside my head about hiking. And the moment I started doing it, I fell in love. and. Another reason that I moved here to the West Coast was that I'm able to do those hikes almost every day or every weekend, regardless of the weather, because the problem is not the weather, it's how uh, the equipment that you have with you. So I I find like soothing going back to the nature and just reconnect with yourself, uh, looking how wonderful the earth is. Uh, and also it gives you a time for reflection, right? Being in the nature, no electronics, no nothing, just yourself, your skills, uh, listening to the air, listening to the, to the trees, listening to the nature, the wildlife, everything. I don't know, there is something about it that I sounds crazy, but I feel it's talking to me and makes me reflect about things. And it's where I make my best decisions in life when mm. I go hiking. Yeah, no, I can definitely tell that you you beam when you talk about hiking. <laughs> um, and speaking of nature, um, w would you rather... I know you've done cross-country, yeah? So would you rather yeah. do that, cross-country, or would you do um, back-country? <laughs> back-country. Oh, yeah? Okay, Back tell us more. So last year, yeah, as you know, during the summer, I had the opportunity to go to Killarney in Ontario. Mm -hmm. So Killarney, for those of you that are listening don't know, it's a, a provincial park. It's four hours north of Toronto. Uh, and it has this uh, trail called La Cloche Silhouette. It's a 75-kilometer backpacking trail. That it's, uh, goes, you can do it between five and ten days, depends on the speed that you go. 
Um, backcountry camping is also another way for me to connect, reconnect with the nature because basically you prepare yourself to survive by yourself for X amount of days or kilometers. And you have to take like extra food, extra stuff, be let people know that people you love that you know that you're going there for safety and so on. But backcountry is a challenge because it's not only the physical piece, but I feel it's more like 80%, 80% the mental piece because when you go up the mountain or you have a day that you have to go 25 kilometers by yourself or maybe with someone else and there is no one around, you need to do it. And you need to mentalize yourself that regardless of the obstacles you're going through, you're going to do it. And once I ended up almost at midnight of that day, right, doing 25 kilometers and it was, I didn't give up, but I have the gear. I said, I'm going to do it because it's, it's close. We're getting there. And I managed to do it. And the next day I just celebrated jumping into the lake. So and you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And, and this year I plan to do backcountry again. Yeah. I want to do, um, it's called the, uh, the Sunshine Coast Trail. It's 180 kilometers. Wow. And I plan to do it in 11 days. Well, we can't wait to hear that soon. <laughs> if I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing something I love doing. Yeah. And I know you love to see or be with nature, just like how you mentioned yeah. it a while ago. And I, I know that you also love traveling. So I'm curious, do you have a fa favorite mode of transportation when you're traveling? Hitchhiking. Oh, I know. <laughs> yep. Well, do you want to expand more what you're... <laughs> why you like it, maybe why you like it, and how it usually goes. Because I know not many people have the courage to actually do it. It's funny that you say that it's about courage. I feel like it's true. A lot of how the world is going makes people afraid. You turn on the TV, you watch the news, and with all the reason, you don't, if you don't want to leave your bed, I don't blame you for that, right? But we, we have to understand that outside of our circle, outside our own bubble, there is something else. There is not only wars, there is not only COVID. There are people like us doing their lives in a small town. There are people driving a truck from Florida to Alaska, bringing goods for the people there. You have a mother that leaves their kids at school and then she goes for 50 kilometers to a military base to work and make sure that she brings food to the table. So hitchhiking, um, I originally started when I was 15 years old. I wanted to go to a state outside Mexico and I took a bus to, uh, from Mexico City to the main city or the capital city of the other state. And from there I asked, how can I get to this place? Say, there are no more buses. What about taxi cabs? Nothing. So it was already like five o'clock, which wasn't too late. Um, and then I just, Ask someone, hey, I'm looking going to this place. Oh, I'm going there. You want to ride? Sure, why not? I took the ride. And the guy told me, like, well, yeah, here you are. Then on the way back, I say, why not? I just stop on the road and say, and someone stopped there and say, where are you going? Well, I'm going there. Oh, it's on my way. I can drop you there and say, what? That was easy. So coming to today, it's been almost how many years? 20? Five, 24 years of doing it, uh, 23,000 kilometers already completed, and many things I learned from it. You need to know where to do it. Yeah. You need to uh, be clean so people pick you up. <laughs> they don't think you are like a, a serial killer. Yeah. You need to build that, like, that sixth sense on yourself of knowing who to go with in the car. 
right? Regardless if it's a man or if it's a woman or anything, because you never know what's going to happen. Um, another thing I always recommend people is like, if you are to a different country, try to learn something local so you have something to communicate with the other person. Uh, and so far it has worked pretty well. I got from mothers offering me their daughters for marriage. Uh, I hitchhiked Iran without knowing Farsi, just using Google Translate. Uh, New Zealand, I did it. La like my last big trip was New Zealand, did it. Uh, for Killarney, I hitchhiked all the way up there and then I hitchhiked back to Toronto. Um, and so far, it has been a pleasant experience because you learn from other people, what I was saying at the beginning. Mm. You learn that there is someone trying to do a life. Yeah. But it's not like coming from a big city, we can be very harsh with people from small towns. And we can say, what do they know about the world? What do they know about my problems? Yeah. They have their own problems. Yeah. They know about the world better than you think. Yeah. Because they have to go out and maybe they have to work on a farm and bring that food. They need to do something and they don't have internet. They have other type of things going on there. They have other stories. They maybe have a family and they're the caretakers of the family and they have 10 people in the house. Like, have you, you know Alice Monroe, right? Have you read her books? No. Okay. So she became famous because, and the reason why she won the Nobel Prize was because of her short stories from Ontario and BC. And she describes really well a lot of the life that happens in small towns. Yeah. So that, what you read there, it's basically a normal life what you see in these places. People that get, just like us, can get sick, that might have someone pass away from COVID, someone that it's a daughter that it's getting graduated, a son that it's uh, becoming, like it's getting married, um, who knows? Mm -hmm. So that opens your eye a lot to listen to their stories. It opens to you, your, it broadens your horizon to the world, and not only to what we just see on TV. Mm -hmm. And you understand things like, why do they vote X or like left or right? Why do they support guns? Why do they do this and that? So it made me understand a lot and like, reframe the ideas that I have on my of my own about mm -hmm. certain topics mm -hmm. and now I'm not like oh how can you support and say I'm not supporting but I understand the person yeah but it's like because where she or he comes from yeah because you heard that story yourself right from yeah. the local person itself yeah and they open their home to you yeah right it's nothing the, the biggest gift that I can get from someone it's not an actual present. Mm. It's not a, an actual nothing. It's just when they open their homes. Mm -hmm. That tells because a lot. Because that's the most, it's the most intimate space that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So hitchhiking, I had that opportunity of people, just random people picking me up, say, you know what? It's too late. Stay with me, with my family. We'll feed you. We'll, we'll put your sleeping bag or something on the floor, on the, I don't know, on the dining room, whatever, or the living room. Yeah. And then tomorrow I'll take you to your next stop. But it's too late for you to stay outside. Mm, it's like people looking after other people. And that's where we came from, right? That's how society came to be. It's because of these tribes looking after each other. And we, like you said, we kind of forgot about it because of technology and all the news that we're hearing. So thank you for the tips as well. I'm going to take that. I've only hitchhiked once ever in my life. And that was... You know that the most, <laughs> most amount of hitchhikers I've met are women. I know you told me. Yeah. And I was in like, South America, New Zealand, Alaska. Yeah. You'll find the Germans, the sea Germans always are everywhere. Yeah. You'll find 
Italians, you'll find Canadians, but mostly women doing it. Mm, that's good to know. Well, one day, <laughs> I'll tell you my hitchhiking um, stories as well. When... But you'll tell me before, and I'll give you all yes. the full, like the full, like, like uh, I'll tell you all the tips and everything. So yes, yeah. I need the script to make sure that I actually yeah. get to my destination. <laughs> awesome. Well, Juan, um, thank you for sharing those stories. Um, I guess I did give you my version of your bio, but I know you have your own version of your story too. So I'm curious if someone just, you know, as you're walking by, someone taps you on the shoulder and you're like, and they're going to ask you like, hey, like, who are you? <laughs> okay, there's probably some small talk and then they're going to ask you, so like, what's your story? Or who are you? Who is Juan? How would you, how would you answer that? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, when I meet new people, the first thing they ask me is, where are you from? Mm. So I, it it's I I'm, I'm originally from Mexico. I'm Mexican, but I'm also Canadian, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens is that a lot of times you tell people I'm Canadian, say yeah, but where from? Like where are you really from? Normal, are you where are you really from? Because it's such a multicultural country yeah. that makes little sense. So I usually I just talk like a lot of people ask me like why. They ask me usually, why are you by yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, where's your family and things mm-hmm. like that? So I usually say, look, I'm, I'm just a regular guy. I'm nothing more than that. But I, it happens that I moved to Canada nine years ago, and then uh, I didn't. My plan wasn't to stay here. Just want to stay one year because it's a really cold country, at least on the east coast. Yeah. Uh, and then circumstances of life made me stay longer here, uh, and I just. I say, you know what, I just moved to the West Coast, I'm trying to discover more about it, and I I'm, I, I just want to meet more people and understand better, and I don't know, like it's, I know, I don't have like a specific answer because it depends who I'm talking to. Uh-huh. There are people that are very open, and yeah. they will, and you feel it, like, okay, I can talk about maybe this, but some people, especially being a late 30s single male, can bring a lot of alarms on people. So I'm very careful who I talk to or what I talk about when people ask me that. Mm-hmm. But I'm usually like, I'm usually pretty open. Like I already, like the guy from the local bar, he knows me already, no surprise. <laughs> and, uh, but since the first day we became pretty like good friends and he says, Hey, no, you know what? Just give me your recipe for this type of tacos. Sure. I want to know your recipe for pizza because he's Italian, you know, and things like that. So. We go more with a mundane, mundane conversation rather than just saying like, okay, what do you do? Uh, or what's your favorite color? You yeah. Know, that's more like online dating. Than yeah. Else, but, uh... What's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's weird because I'm more like a face-to-face person rather mm. than messaging. Yeah. So uh, I feel like I don't, again, I don't start in a certain way. Mm. So I just say, yeah, I'm just one. I, I recently moved to Vancouver. Uh, I was in Toronto for nine years. Of course, a lot of people tell me why Toronto, but that's another story. <laughs> that's, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's a um, cool conversation. They ask me if I speak English or oh, if I speak Spanish and say, of course, I'm from Mexico. Don't they speak Mexican? <laughs> Touche. Uh, or another thing that helps is that by speaking other languages, sometimes I blend well with a group of other people that are maybe talking, speaking in French or mm. other languages. So uh, I always talk about soccer 
also my passion, my other passion. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy also about talking about travel because it's uh, the sexy thing right now that everyone talks. Yeah. So yeah, depends on who and the situation and everything. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I know you mentioned, and I wanted to go back to this because I've, I'm curious to know, you said you started, um, I guess this is also related to you loving to travel and loving to meet people. Like the way you answered the question, you are, and I know this, like a dynamic person, you adapt to different people you interact with. And so I'm curious, you starting hitchhiking at 15, like what has gotten into you or <laughs> what was the calling for you to start that? I, uh, something that even my family, they criticize me a lot is that I tend to trust people at first. Mm. It's super easy for me. However, I also, I'm, um, I can be bipolar in that sense. Mm. Either it's a hit or a miss. Okay. Either maybe I see like there is a good report and we do great. But sometimes I have a very bad impression and it'll be, I'll close myself a lot. And maybe with time we can build some reports. But I, I sometimes when I see, for example, someone that doesn't like seems harmless, I will go and say, hey, do you know, like, who can, can I ask you for help? You know, things like that. I don't know. You are a people person, Chriselle. I think you, you, it's hard to, I think you agree with me that it's hard to explain that piece because sometimes you have this hunch. And this hunch tells you, like, you know what? Yeah. It's okay. You can lower your defense, your yeah. defenses a little bit. Safe. And let's see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Um, maybe after half an hour, you are like, yeah, now we are best friends forever. I'll tell you all how I screw up my life, and you know how many times, blah blah, and so on. And so it's like, okay, it's a nice conversation. And you go slowly, or sometimes say, you know what? It's a nice conversation. Nice meeting you, and just everyone goes their own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, oh. What would you say is the most um, challenging encounter you've had and how did you work yourself around it and what did you learn from it? From... Uh, that's a good question. I think it will go mostly related to work and school in mm. that sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not overly competitive with stuff. Mm. In the sense that, no, I'm good at what I do, don't get me wrong. Um, I I'm professional and everything, but I'm not someone that, for example, if you're on sales, oh, I bet yours, I beat my sales cycle by 120% and you only 118%. So that kind of stuff hits you when you go in an environment like here in Canada, if you go, especially in the tech world, that it's very competitive and people are always looking for ways to be like the rising star of everything. So when I, when I started my first job, um, uh, my first, com- my formal company here uh, in Canada uh, at Achievers, it was a, a company like similar to the ones we work together, right? Like they are very, it's tech, like tech company, people are friends, they become your family and so on. But on the end, it's when you start thinking like, okay, this is like my family and like, you can behave like it's your family, mm. but you tend to forget that it's a, a workplace too. Mm. That you have also to report to someone and give results, mm. right? So at the beginning, it was hard for me to understand like why they're asking me to do this. I'm already doing my job, I'm doing this. So it was hard to understand that, okay, on the end, this is a job. It's not just coming here and blah, 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 and do the basics. You need to go above and beyond. And there was a little bit, I wouldn't say clashing, but it was a lot of like trying to put like connect the, the brain, my brain wire saying like, you have to understand that this is a job and you have to 
also like do your best and yes there will be people that will be competitive and they will try to go above you and everything it's fine that will always happen you just need to be smart about it and don't take it personal yeah i'm a person that can take things very personal sometimes i won't lie to you mm. and it took me a long time to learn how to deal with it because before i didn't know how to yeah and i think like that experience of my first company helped me to learn that piece yeah still is work in progress but it's yeah. way better than 10 years ago yeah and i love diving I, i love talking about instincts and like following that gut feeling or or like you said when you get that hunch or that nudge from something or someone then you'd know whether to move forward or not like have you did you experience that with um an opportunity or with a big decision that you made in your life whether that's let's say to move to canada or to move to the west coast like what was that like so oh many sorry that happens many times Once. it's okay <laughs> okay well um the fire alarm's done <laughs> so um i guess the last the the question that i had with you that's trying to remember was about gut feeling instincts nudges or anything that you went after in your life whether that's um a small decision or a big decision how has your gut instincts guided you through life <laughs> that's a very deep question it is uh, i feel like you you build out your gut based on your experiences on things that happen in your life right like since you're a kid like if you let's say you're playing on the slide and you fall next time your gut is going to say be careful with it The same happens with people with relationships, right? What happens is that let's say when you're a teenager and you go on your first love and you and that goes to an end, it's gonna be like basically like a divorce because it's your first love. Right? And we tend to idealize love all the time. So with time you become more careful how you approach love because you keep falling. So that thing that happens is your gut. And your gut tells you like, look, remember this. Mm-hmm. Remember this. And sometimes mm-hmm. you you'll remember it. Your own body reacts to it. Yes. Your own body will say, "We we 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 have we tend to forget that our body is the wisest thing that we have on us." The body. There is a reason for allergies for everything. It's the body telling you like, "No, no." The same happens with your gut or how you feel about being with someone or how you feel about a place or the sense of danger, <clears throat> right? Like. As you know from my stories, I've been involved in a lot of stuff that regular people like. I will say, people are less crazy than me wouldn't be involved during my travels. But that helps you build that god of like sense of danger. Like I shouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, and when people tell me I'm going to do this, like I don't think you should be doing that because I that can end the wrong way. So that come and that's why we always see, especially in our cultures where we come, you and I from. So all, all elderly people are seen as wise people because they build that thought on a, and they have the, the, that wisdom and God to tell you, hey, that might not be the best idea you're having there. You should consider it like better or you should rethink it in another way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, that's built with life. It doesn't come just like from one day to the other. Mm-hmm. That's at least what I believe. Mm-hmm. And 
And so you probably have heard of the idea of nature versus nurture and you mentioned about you know this is how I respond to things and and through continuous experience these are my responses and I've learned how to figure things out along the way and so I'm curious to know what was the main influencer if that's not the top one or top three influencers in your life that made you become the person that you are right now Oh, that's that's easy. Uh, well, not easy, but the first one is definitely my grandparents. Mm-hmm. My grandparents. So, I am to give you an idea of my family. I'm like in the middle. Either my siblings, and I have older siblings and cousins that are at least ten years older than me, or I have younger cousins that are at least let's say seven, eight years younger than me. So when I was born, I was I became really close. Since I was born, I became really close to my paternal grandparents. To a level that I lived with my grandmother for six years. And she was a great influence. My grandmother was phenomenal. She was someone that everyone respected. And not because she was forcing respect. But she will always set the example for everyone. She will, at her 90, I remember I was living her when she was 92 years old. And she will walk to church in Mexico City to give catechism lessons to disadvantaged women. She'll wake up at seven to go to mass, and then she'll come back, and then she'll do she'll help doing lunch for the entire. If I when I was a teenager, I was a very I wouldn't say a difficult child, but I admire my parents and my family for <laughs> uh, being nice to me during that time. She will never come with an aggression, saying like, "Are you wrong? What's going on?" She will just ask questions like, "Okay, this is something that can be easily fixed, but what happened there? Why did you do it?" She was always, I will call her the voice of reason. And she was always full of love, trying to help the other people, regardless of the opinion that she has from the other people. The second level will go, I'm not saying it's second or best or worst. It's my parents, of course, right? They are, uh, I come from parents, uh, they were both working parents. They work really hard to give us everything that we have. Uh, of course, like, parents like sometimes we might not agree with things I do but I will always be grateful that I never I never had anything missing in my life I had I went to the best schools I had the best doctors travels I had a lot of privilege in my life and that's thanks to my parents so and they're always I mean sometimes they'll get angry at me with all the reason I don't blame them for that but they will never did it in a bad intention yeah and I think the third one uh, I will go with my sisters, but especially my older, like my older sister. She was, she's someone that until today, um, she's a big influence in my life. Like when I'm looking, for example, for a cooking recipe, something to cook, like Mexican food, I'll call her, I'll get the recipe. I need something in Mexico, she'll help me. You know, um, I grew up helping her and my uh, former brother-in-law with their kids. So my nephews are, you need are right now or older on their you know, uh, early 20s, I help my sister and the, like and my former in-law raising them. Like we'll go out, we'll hang out. So for me, they're like kids. Like they're my kids too. And I always try to procure them when I go to Mexico and we're always like sending WhatsApps and so on. So for me, that's like my inner circle of people that made a difference in my life, right? And especially now, like when, I, when I'm outside of Mexico, they are my contact with Mexico. They are the ones that 
tell me what's going on. They are the ones that I really like when they tell me from there. They are the ones that I go to the stadium and go watch soccer or go and eat wings at Hooters or whatever, you know, like shenanigans. But they're always there and they've never, they've never failed. Even though that sometimes I fail them, they never fail to me. And that's something really strong in my life that I'm learning too, that say like, there is actual people that never failed to you. Maybe you thought they failed you, but now that with time, you start thinking better about certain situations in life and you thought that there, they were like, why that you were questioning their loyalty or their family ties. Now you realize there is a reason why this happened, right? So that helped me, um, how to say, like heal a lot of like, uh, heal a lot of pain that maybe I had before. Mm-hmm. Seeing that, try, like now that I understand better certain things that happen. But mm-hmm. they're like, my, for me, they're like the people that I like to be with. I like, they're the people that have, again, never failed me. So mm-hmm. oh, those are the people that are like my biggest um, influencers. That's amazing to hear. Um, how I'm, I'm curious to know with them being such that strong foundation for you, um, how have, how has their presence assisted in your, let's say, adventures in life and your take in life or your insights in life? Um, how, how, what's the connection? I'm curious. So my family in that sense is everything but adventurous. Let's put it that way. (laughs) <laughs> Their adventure is going to New York, going to the beach, but by no means they'll hitchhike or they'll go, go to Iran or they'll go backpacking t- 10 days in a backcountry or just move to another country because they want to do it, mm-hmm. right? And it's okay. I don't, I learned that there are people that like that, that they like certain ways of doing things. They have another way of life and it's fine. Um... And I think like the adventure on my side was more in the sense that I come from a relatively conservative family, mm. right? They like as normal Latino families tend to be more conservative. There, at least when I was younger, they were less open to the world. Mm-hmm. Even though I went to international, my me and my siblings went to international schools. But you're expected to stay always with a family, working with a family, always tidy. Yeah. And I was the one that broke that piece out. Mm. Um, so. What it helped me a lot doing by doing this is to appreciate more of what I have back home or back in Mexico. My family, like the culture, my friends and everything. Breaking up that that tie of like, I have to stay here, make me realize like, I want to be there, but I'm, I'm better here because I'm growing. Maybe in the future, I will be able to build something that will give back to my community back in Mexico and so on. Um, so I'm basically a bit of an outlier on how things happen in my family, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, but at the same time, for example, my mom, she's a historian. When I was younger, she would take me to the museums because no one else would like to go with her. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so from that thing, from that specific activity, yeah. I learned to enjoy museums and understand a lot of the value that a museum can give you as a human in your culture and many other ways. So when I travel, for example, Europe, I'll go, I like going to the museums. I like to read before I go to understand more about the history because Europe has such a rich and complex history that it's not just by seeing the monument. You need to understand why it's yes. there and what happened, Yeah. right? 
the same when I go to Asia or any other place, even here in Canada. So that piece of curiosity came from that single activity for my mom. Mm. The engineering piece, like, or like the survival skills come from my dad, right? Mm -hmm. My dad was an engineer. I was a second engineer in the family. No one else wanted to be an engineer because they thought that we only repair air conditioners. Even thought now being engineer is like a top thing. So my dad put me that thing of the curiosity of like how things work. Yeah. That you should dig more. That you know what? Like uh, there is more than the planets, like just Earth. There is like a, there is something outside that can be like more, like we need, we still like wearing diapers trying to investigate what's going on there. Right? Um, for example, my sister, one of my sisters, she's an architect. So she will, I will learn from her because when I was younger, she will have her studio in my bedroom because we're all in a small house. Right. So I'll stay long nights. I'll try to sleep while she was drawing. So sometimes I'll wake up and see what she's doing. And then now I can, I appreciate that because now I can see some things of architecture and say, oh, now I understand why we have this type of architecture here and so on. Everyone gives me like little pieces of them yeah. that I think fit that piece of the adventure saying, oh, I want to learn more about this. I should go yeah. there. Right? Mm -hmm. Why not? Yeah. We always have a piece of something from our families. Yeah. Like all those small pieces that make up that part of you. And then you just keep adding onto your yeah. own self as you... I guess, experience life, right? And so when you broke that tie with your family to move to Canada, did you face any adversity or what was that like? What was that first experience like? Was it relief, freedom, or was it like, what What was that first emotion like? Um, okay, it's, it's first of all, when I came to Canada, yeah, I decided to come because I wasn't able to find a job in Mexico after one year. There was an economic crisis in Mexico. It was hard to find one and say, okay, I need to do something. Being jobless is not cool. And then I managed to get one of the working holiday visas. So at the beginning, I say, okay, it's just one year. It's not that much. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I'll just travel and then get some money, go back to Mexico, and maybe open my own business. Mm -hmm. So when you go, when you know that you're coming back, just say, oh, one year without yeah. this craziness and be okay. But then when I start realizing like, oh, it seems I'm going to stay longer. Oh, it seems like actually I'm staying longer. Then is when you get like that click in your mind saying like, you don't know when you're going to go back. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start realizing like, okay, fortunately came after I already built like a good group of friends, but I'm building a career, but I'm doing other stuff. I'm building a life in Toronto. So it wasn't that hard because most people that come to Canada, you your parents can tell you, or your grandparents can tell you the stories. They know that they came to settle down here. Yeah. So it's a different, it's a completely different perspective. Yeah. It's a different perspective because you know that you don't know you're going to go back or even let alone to leave. Yeah. Maybe even for holidays. Yeah. Because in Canada, there are a lot of people, they can't go back to their countries because they're refugees or they are like, they might be in prison because their governments are uh, chasing them or they might be killed by a local band or something a gang band a gang or something mm -hmm. so it's it, it's different the type of sentiment here because for me it was more of like it's just an adventure I want to travel around Canada and hitchhike from Toronto from Montreal to Vancouver and I'm gonna work in a farm I'm gonna do this and that mm -hmm. but as usually happens in life any plans that you do 
doesn't turn out. Are not the plans going to happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's always a surprise, right? Yeah. And was that something that you just agreed to go with it in terms of like, oh, okay, so I guess this is just how life or what life is giving me and I'll go with it? Or is it, was there some resistance? Like how, how was that like when those changes came to you? Uh, I feel, I, I think that life is wise. And mm-hmm. sometimes even if you try to fight life, she, life is going to catch you on you. Catch yeah. you. Anyway. <laughs> It's true, like some, it's it's difficult because of course you have when especially when you go back home for holidays, it's beautiful, right? You go for mm. holidays, you go to the beach, go with your friends, party. But that's right now the thing of going for holidays. Going back and living there, it's a different story because it's no longer holidays. You need to work there, get again full into a, a rural life, which is not easy. Adapting to a new lifestyle is not easy. Mm-hmm. Let alone living let alone moving to another city. Mm-hmm. So, when that came, I had to realize, okay, are you going to stay here? You need to take seriously your career. Are you going to stay here? You need to do. You need to start deciding you want to buy a house, or you're going to stay here in Toronto, or you're going to move to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to find someone, a partner? A lot of questions come to your mind. And of course, you want a solution for everything as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have sounds horrible but it sounds weird, like uh, not horrible it sounds like uh how to say like uh, this ideal of go with the flow yeah but sometimes you just let need to let life accommodate itself for you to keep going on because things will come sooner or later mm-hmm. with time yeah mm. like vancouver <laughs> vancouver was always on my plan yeah and you know it yes since yeah. we met yeah um I always thought like, okay, I want to go to the West Coast, but again, it was easy for me to find a job in Toronto. I had my friends. I was in my comfort zone. Yes. I have to admit it. Toronto was my comfort zone the past three years. I had a good life. I had my friends. I didn't have to worry much about things. I had a really good network. So last year, after I was let go from work, and I said, okay, I'm going to stay here, whatever. And one of my backpacking, backcountry camping, I said, you know what? You always wanted to go to the West Coast. Why not do it now? You don't have a job. You don't have a family. I mean, in the sense of like, you don't have to worry about other people yeah. right now. You only have a small place. You just need to move your stuff outside of the country. Yeah. Yes, it's a pandemic, but what has stopped me doing something like this before? Yeah. So it's time to do it. So mm-hmm. it was perfect and everything aligned. I decided to move to Vancouver, as you know. And then three weeks before coming to Vancouver, I got a job. Yeah, in life, right? <laughs> so everything started aligning by itself. Of course, you need to look for it. It doesn't mean it's just going to appear. Yes. Yeah. Right? But it started aligning itself again. Because people are so anxious these days on getting everything. Like, like right some now. people tell me, like, how can you can get, a, how can you be a job during a pandemic? Like, we only have two months of summer in Ontario. Do you think I'm going to be looking for a job right now? <laughs> yeah no in with a pandemic i need to be outside i need to recharge my battery after like working for three years in a row and with a lot of stuff going on the job is going to be there i can always go back and work retail i yeah. can always go back and do other stuff i'm not yeah. done yeah so just right now take a break yeah 
go enjoy what you like and then things will come by if you start looking for them just be patient yes quality that a skill that we're lately missing a lot yes yeah because everything we get instantly right we get it right now because that's what kind of technology has brought us uh, there's good and bad with everything right but that's one of the qualities that it did bring us that instant gratification and yeah, it, yeah i'm so glad that you brought up um it's like and you can correct me if it's wrong but it's like you gained this sense of abundance in life where you're just like yeah you know i don't have a job right now um but i'm in no rush i know there's options for me i've worked I've worked my life off, right, and to get to a place where I have this experience to be, to to be comfortable with where I am right now and just appreciate this like break. And when you yeah. moved, everything just fell into place, and and that's a beautiful thing because it's like just life just happened for you, right? Look, four years ago, I, I I'm still I'm getting my four years ago. I took a break. I took a nine-month break, uh, almost one-year break uh, between jobs. So after leaving my first job, I decided to take a break. I decided I'll go back to Mexico. And then I take, I'm going to go, I was just saying, like, what am I going to do with my life in January? Yeah. And I walk by a travel agency and say, oh, I'm going to ask about tickets. And I left a travel agency with a ticket, one-way ticket to South America, leaving that night. Yeah. Why not? And so I say, well, I'll see. It's just for a couple of weeks. It was seven months going out through South America, then come back to Canada and say, okay, you know what? I think it's time to go back to Mexico. Uh, we'll see what happens. And the same day I was trying to make the decision that I get a call for an interview for a job that I got before the one that we met. And I started, it was an awesome job. I made great friends there. Like, again, everything is just starting aligning. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, Again, let life do is like the, the work in the background. Yeah. And I'm not saying just don't do anything, but you need to also focus. But yeah. don't be too harsh on yourself. Mm -hmm. Things are going to come their own at the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I'm <laughs> curious, uh, how has your lifestyle changed from Toronto to Vancouver? Has it met your expectations, exceeded your expectations? Yeah. Uh, okay. So let, let's be, let's also another thing I have to be clear. Uh -huh. I move around a lot around the world, so it's yes. normal in my life to be moving around yeah. somehow. <laughs> yeah. Five countries in 10 years is not, or 12, no, 14 years is not something that you can easily say. Moving to a new place is always hard. Yeah. It's always hard. Don't, like, between, let alone the move, let alone pandemic, let alone looking for a place. It's hard because you're basically starting a new life. Even if you know friends, even if you've been to the city 50 times, again, it's different when you come as a visitor mm -hmm. and setting up shop in the city. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, it was, I was with this like idea like, oh, I'm, I'm on the West Coast. It's phenomenal. And the views and the mountains. And we're like, oh, my God, the views and everything. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But it's been difficult to adapt in the sense like, okay, now I'm here working remote at home. I can't be in an office. Uh, mingling with my coworkers, I can't like, yes, I can go to a bar, but who's going to talk to someone that doesn't know during a pandemic, you know, things like that. So it has had these challenges mm -hmm. that I've seen before when I moved to a new city. But on the other side, I'm very happy for many reasons. 
first one, I'm close to nature. I like, I go hiking, I go to the mountain, I take, I go to the Sunshine Coast for a week, I just take a ferry and get an Airbnb and work from there for a week and I just go hiking in the morning and I run in the afternoon and get lost in the woods. Uh, the other day I went snowboarding with a friend, right? And just after work, hey, I'll pick you up. We went to the mountain, snowboard until 9.30 in the, in the night, come back, have some McDonald's, be at home at by 10.30, be in bed by 11. Normal right? day. <laughs> Normally in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm back to yoga. So another thing that I'm grateful is that I'm in a place that it's not in a full lockdown. So I can go kind of safely to a bar uh, to do yoga. I can go outside. Uh, there's no snow, thank God. Uh, I don't miss the snow. I know. Uh, at all. Um, the weather is harsh in the sense that we have 11 days in a row like they're gray and rainy. Mm. And it does hit your mental health, especially when you're by yourself. But so far, the pros have outbeaten the cons. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, like this year with a pandemic, um, it's gonna be a, still gonna be a challenge. But I'm getting closer to the point that I'm like, okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know, yeah. the summer is coming. I'll be yeah. able to go to the beach. I'm gonna do all the crazy stuff I like to do. Yeah. So the change has been good. Yes. It has taken out from my comfort zone, mm -hmm. yes, but it's still work to do here. Yeah, and what would your... Thanks for sharing that, by the way. Um, yeah. I know it must be... Because move itself is different, plus COVID, right? Plus, like, new work, plus, like, there's, like, so many new things going on in your life that's that, that can be overwhelming, but at the same time, it's a good kind of change because it brings you a different perspective and... Like you said, the nature that you really was you were looking for is something that this place can offer you now. Uh, and so, what would your advice be for um, people who are going through such changes, and especially during this time? Like, what would you say your what was the biggest thing that really helped you? Don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. Just don't be afraid. Change is good. Yeah. What happens is that for it's inherent in a human being mm -hmm. to avoid change. We don't like it. It's and it's not again. It's inherent. It's not. It's normal. Yeah. But change helps a lot to bring another perspective. Change helps you go out from your comfort zone. Change, yes, it's a the reason of change. Challenge, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's a, It can be scary. But what's the worst thing that can happen if you do a change? You can revert it. I can go back to Toronto next week. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Right? I can go back to um, like my life I have there. Like that's the worst thing that can happen. Right? Um, my friends are still there. Toronto is still there. It's still the same city. Still the same situation. So, but try not. I invite people just uh, or your or people are listening to us. Don't be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't try it, you're gonna sometimes you're gonna regret it in your yeah. life because there is a time for everything. Yeah. Of course, if you are married with kids, it's not an easy decision. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you should just do it. You should, like, that's even more complicated. Yeah. But if you're, like, saying, like, you know what? I think it's time to do, like, a lot of friends tell me, like, I'm thinking about switching jobs. Right now, at least in tech industry, there are jobs everywhere. Like, here in Vancouver, they're hiring, like, crazy everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, try a change. Maybe you need a different challenge. Maybe you need to go out from that, like, comfort zone at work that you are, like, okay, I'm excelling at this, 
everyone loves me, I'm the best employee, but yeah. maybe you are hitting ceiling there. Yeah. And you can grow more. Maybe it's time to go out from that comfort zone. Yeah. And hit that ceiling and say, okay, now mm. I need something not only to stimulate yourself, but also to demonstrate yourself that you are capable to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like that nudge again, right? That nudge of like, yeah. this is way too comfortable now and I know that I can progress. And that's part of human nature is to, yeah, resist change, but also to want to progress. That's where like the conflict comes into the picture. It's like, okay, so which are you going to choose? Are you going to stay comfortable until whenever? Or are you going to make that change and take charge of your life and see what that turns out and make another decision from there, right? So that's that's really good to know that um, you you've shared that thought of, you know, don't be afraid, like, what is the worst thing that could happen? Like, we don't want to jinx it, of course, but like, (laughs) really, right? In reality, what is the worst thing that could happen? And so, to wrap things up, one, I usually end my episodes with this question. Um, And so, my question to you is, what is your love message to yourself? What do you want to tell Juan? Everything is going to be all right. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Regardless of how bad is your day, regardless how, I mean, on, on, in my profession, um, the trash hits the, fire, like the fan a lot, for no singular word. Uh, yes, we have our, our family pressure. We have a lot of social pressure around. Uh, COVID is bringing this inner thing out of us that we we didn't face before and now we are facing. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Everything is gonna be alright. Because we there's gonna be an end for everything. Don't get me wrong, COVID is gonna stay here forever. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna find that light to stabilize. But we're humans and it's normal to go through these bumps. Don't be harsh on yourself and everything's mm-hmm. gonna be okay. Oh. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I hope Juan can hear it. <laughs> Juan gets reminded of it. Oh, I have a post-it for it somewhere. In one of my 20 post-its here from work, I have it. Like, everything is really okay. <laughs> Especially in the morning when I get 20 Slack messages and, like, three fires. Like, <laughs> I go, I haven't even got my tea. And I'm like, yeah. okay, let me check my post-it here. And, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> keep adding post-its until it's, like, second, second nature to you. Like, everything's going to be okay. That's, like, an immediate response. That's cool. Well, remember my accident when I had my accident. In, I know. In Russia, I yeah. was in the in the hospital in Moscow. No one spoke any English, and they were like, "Like, I was referring to myself in Spanish. Everything's gonna be okay." And here I am. Now I can do yoga. I can do backcountry camping. I can do kayak. Whatever you ask me, I can do it. That's your life motto now. Awesome. Anything else that you want to share, Juan, or any thoughts? Yeah. No, that I love your podcast, Chriselle. Thank you so much for bringing these uh, little pieces of humanity during these, uh, I wouldn't say dark times, just more uncertain times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we need we need to be more human these days. Uh, and I know with technology, it's hard sometimes, even with Zoom, and we, we love to hug other people and so on. Yeah. Uh, we just need to be patient and try to do our best and if you're in the position to help others try to do it even ring that person you haven't talked to uh sometimes i i like writing postcards to friends 
you know, replaces. Yeah. So sometimes just surprising with a postcard because it feels like a connection. You know, yeah. it's a lost, this lost art of sending a, a letter. Uh, go for a walk, like focus on the simple things in life and you'll see how that will nurture you a lot during these times. Mm-hmm. This pandemic definitely reminds us that we're all connected and that we shouldn't be afraid that we're all connected, right? So yeah yeah awesome well thanks again juan for your presence in this episode i'm sure we'll learn more about you with your stories <laughs> but i oh, always boy. appreciate you so thank you <laughs> thank you yourself and that's all from juan our dearest friend and our fellow soul being from this episode i hope that you've learned as much as i did and I continuously learn from Juan because whenever we get a chance to catch up, I always get reminded of how beautiful life is and how there's so many adventures ahead of us that we must not let fear stop us from living life at its fullest. And in the stories that he he has shared with us, it definitely shows that his excitement and, and enthusiasm towards challenges that he encounters in life because he always finds a way to turn it into something great wonderful and positive and so with this I do want to end with a really positive note that life is great life is good and it it is really what we make of it right there would always be chaos that's going on in the world and there's always a reason to not live life and to not explore what we have in terms of you know our surroundings nature and also interacting with the people around us however we must find a way to always find to connect because we are only human humans right we rely on our ability to connect with other human beings and I'm not saying that, you know, you have to go out there and not care about COVID. Of course you should. But there's other ways to connect with people, whether that's through video calls, through phone calls, reaching out randomly to a friend and checking in on them, having video games sessions. Um, I'm not a gamer, as you can tell. Um, I Well, you can have LAN sessions. That's what I've heard. It's a party that you can have remotely with your friends. And... Hopefully, when things get better, you can reconnect in person, right? But for now, I hope you leave with that note and stay safe, everyone, and take care. Talk to you soon.